Today, the world is demanding more of products and packaging. Consumers want more variety. Governments are demanding sustainability. And supply chains, they're more complex than ever before. Simply put, companies that make things need to respond faster than ever to change. Welcome to Beyond the Shelf, the product and packaging podcast. I'm Laura Foti, and I'll be your host. Since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated by how things are made. And at Specrite, I get to work with product and packaging leaders to help them spend less time chasing data and more time making amazing things. We'll interview experts and industry leaders across food and beverage, beauty, consumer goods, and industrials and manufacturing. We're going to go beyond the shelf and get a behind the scenes look into the things you use every day and even the ones you don't. Where do the best ideas come from? How are leaders making sustainability goals a reality? What trends are here to stay? And what's just a passing fad? We're going to ask our guests all this and more. So be sure to subscribe and get ready to go Beyond the Shelf. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Shelf, the product and packaging podcast, where we interview the people behind the amazing products we use every day. I'm Laura Foti, and today I'm thrilled to be speaking with Radima Kapoor, who is most recently the chief of staff at Avrani, uh, an innovative beauty brand that celebrates Indian beauty rituals. They are pioneering and bringing the category of Indian beauty to the U.S. market, and I'm so excited for her to share all of the amazing things that they're up to. Radima, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Laura. Happy to be here and excited to chat. So tell us a little bit about why Avrani was founded. Absolutely. So um, I, as you mentioned, was most recently chief of staff at Avrani, um, but our founder, Rushi, started the brand um, back in business school in 2018, where her and our other co-founder, Justin, kind of met and had this inspiration idea about Indian beauty rituals. Um, and, you know, it really ties to a lot of the rituals that many Indian American women grew up with, myself included, which is what you know drew me to the story so much. But, um, you know, the story goes, you know, we grew up making Indian rituals with our mothers, grandmothers, aunts um, in the kitchen. And, you know, these rituals were all we knew growing up, growing up. So using turmeric for pimples or using coconut oil for dryness in your hair and skin or just, you know, things that come second nature, but are so unknown to the broader world, especially in the Western world. So, um, you know, Avrani was really founded to bring these Indian rituals to the masses in a modern shelf stable format for that on the go w- w- woman, excuse me, um, you know, making the mass in your kitchen and things like that can take take time. So making it accessible, um, but then really also educating people about why and, you know, how these ingredients work together and why they're so great for your skin is rooted in the Avrani mission. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been so interesting watching the beauty space evolve over the past decade or so. We've seen the the entrance of Korean beauty or K-beauty into the market, which, which for a consumer like me has been really interesting. I'm a huge fan of some of their products. Um, what makes Indian beauty so unique? Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, Korean beauty and Japanese beauty, you know, they've really been paving the way, I think, for all of these cultures to come to the forefront. And it really is a movement. So while we, you know, like to say we're at the helm of bringing eye beauty to, to the masses, it really takes an army. So it's really exciting to see other ethnically inspired brands pop up as well. Um, but Indian beauty specifically is rooted in Ayurveda, which is an Indian science, um, been around for hundreds of thousands of years, I want to say, you know, something I've just heard about growing up and you know, is rooted in everything I know, but it's so much deeper than, um, you know, even you or I could get, could get through on this podcast and, you know, it goes through hundreds of thousands of years of wisdom. Um, so, you know, given that it's 
clinically proven in the sense that it's passed down to traditions and traditions and just is something that's worked and um, people just don't know about it a lot. So Indian beauty is really special in that it's this generational you know, wisdom and knowledge that's passed down for many ailments, you know, not just what you put on your skin, but also what you put on your body and how that impacts everything from your hormones to your sleep. So it's so much deeper than just skincare. It's really this holistic approach to beauty. And I think that's the secret sauce of Indian beauty that we're really excited to, to bring to the people, but, you know, first in the vehicle of skincare and beauty, and then, um, you know, later to hair care and body care, and then what you put in your body as well. So it's really a layer that you have to peel, peel back to, to get to the root of. That's great. And you mentioned the rituals. And when I think about a beauty ritual, I think about, you know, the five things I do before I go to bed, but you're talking about something much more deeper and much more significant. So can you walk us through, you know, some of what those rituals are and how they combine with your products to really bring um, the culture to the forefront? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when using the Avrani products, you know, we launched what we call our signature ritual. So that's the first four products, kind of the bare minimum of what someone would need in their beauty routine. I know a lot of other skincare rituals involve, you know, multiple steps, 10, 12, 15 steps of all these things you need to apply. You know, Indian beauty is a little bit more simple than that. We believe you only need a few things to tackle most of your problems. And obviously, as you know, you have different skin types and things like that, you can all layer in other things. Um, but the first four products we launched were an exfoliator, a turmeric, based um, exfoliating mask, a balance restoring serum that has tea tree, chamomile, cucumber, um, a hydrating moisturizer, coconut oil, shea butter, and then an under eye cream with almond oil. Um, and each one of those products, we really wanted to bring some intention behind. You know, you can just slap on a mask quickly and get on with your day, but there's so much more to doing something so personal and special for yourself. And we really wanted to have an intention or a ritual attached to our signature ritual. So um, each one of our uh, core four products that we launched initially, we tied to a um, ritual outside of just applying something to your face. So our exfoliating mask, you know, dries in about five to seven minutes. So we paired it with a meditation that you can do as you practice that because, you know, taking care of yourself is so much deeper than slapping on something to your face. It's really about your mind, body, spirit connection. So mask and meditate about five to seven minutes. It's like a guided meditation that we have, you know, on our Spotify, we have some videos that go along with it. Then for our serum, you know, as you apply it, you really have to pat it into your skin. So we paired that with some affirmation. So as you kind of hug your skin, you tell yourself, you know, how amazing you are and how beautiful you are. And, you know, you really feel that I'm taking care of myself in a, at a deeper level. Um, and then with our moisturizer, we have face yoga because there's more to just applying even just moisturizer in your face. You can massage your skin and, you know, loosen up the fluid. So every product can go so much deeper than just a product on a shelf, right? There's a story behind it. There's an intention behind it. And that helps you just be more present in your day-to-day life. And um, I don't know if you've heard of like habit stacking and, you know, that whole trend that's coming out around um, how to build more habits. But in a way, that's it's another way to do that even with self-care, right? How can I take this self-care to the next level? Not only taking care of myself from a physical level, but also on a deeper, more personal spirit. I love that. And the whole body-mind connection, I think, is something we're going to see more of in the beauty industry. And I think it's so great to be celebrating all different kinds of beauty because when I was growing up, I felt like it it was very much one standard in the media that was projected into all of us of, especially as women, how you should look or what your hair should look like, or, you know, what skin tone you should have or how thin or you should be. And so I'm so grateful that there's so much more representation um, across the board. You know, why do you think representation is so important in the beauty industry, especially? 
I think it's exactly what you said. I mean, growing up, we just saw one standard and, you know, over the last five to 10 years, that's really started to change. And that's an amazing thing. But even for myself, right. I wore a foundation skin shade, like 10 shades too light for myself because that's all that was there. And thankfully now we have Fenty and so many other beauty brands that help break that stigma or, you know, did my eyebrows really thin straighten my, I have naturally curly hair, but now I've had keratin so much because I was like, Oh, must, must be straight. That's what everyone's doing. And so all these things that are just, you know, you're inundated with in the media and on TV. And if you don't see anything else, that's all, you know, right. So that's what you grasp onto. And, you know, especially seeing Avrani in the world that made me so personally excited because I had never seen something that I was so deeply connected to, but knew so much about. And it was so hard to access in the market. And, you know, that's really what made me jump on and wanted to be a part of the brand. But that's exactly why representation matters is because if there's no one else there, that's all, you know. And I think every culture has made such amazing strides now to have people in not only beauty, but fashion and media and, you know, every walk of life. And that's really exciting. But without representation, you don't give the youth, I think, any hope, right? You don't know what else is out there. You don't know what you're capable of or how much you can accomplish. Um, people like Willie Singh in the media, who's an Indian American woman from actually can Canadian American woman has made strides in just, you know, representing the Indian culture at large and has been like a super phenomenon, but without her paving the way, you know, we wouldn't have all these other amazing TikTokers and YouTubers from the Indian culture, you know, making skits and, and, you know, making things lighthearted about how we grew up. It's so different from, you know, let's say someone in the U S grew up without that cultural background. So I think in every um, aspect, having representation just gives people hope as to what they can accomplish and what they can do and and achieve. Um, But without that, you only know sort of one sort of standard of things. Um, And especially in beauty, I mean, having a skin shade foundation that's way too light or, you know, doing your eyebrows or makeup a certain way just because someone with blue eyes and blonde hair does it that way doesn't always work for a skin tone like myself. So yeah, I would say it's it's great to see the representation booming. I think we still have a long way to go, but it just provides this um, beacon of hope to, to people who haven't never seen themselves represented in the media. Well, it's funny because I usually straight, I have naturally curly hair. If anyone sees me on video, I'm wearing it and I usually straighten it, but I'm like, you know what? This of all podcasts, I should wear my hair curly because it's like all about like coming as you are and (laughs) authenticity. Well, it's, it's, you make an important point, which is it's hard if you haven't grown up with it, it's hard to be that first person to do it, you know? And and I think, you know, it's so great that there's all different, there's so many different kinds of firsts in this day and age that if we all can do a little bit, I think we inspire everyone else to live their own authentic lives. And I think that's something that's really special and really powerful. And honestly, especially with something like beauty, I think there's a real reclamation of beauty by women for women. Um, I was talking to another beauty executive, Jennifer from, um, from Orchard Beauty, and we were talking about how a lot of beauty brands were run by men too. Right. And so like, I love this whole are. They still are. And that's the bigger problem at large, um, because it is a profit scheme. You know, they're profiting on women's insecurities. I mean, even body hair, right? As an Indian American woman, we have tons of body hair. Now I've gone through like 12 laser treatments because that was the big thing, right? Get rid of everything. Um, but it's so sad. Like we can't just be ourselves. It's such a natural thing of life. And 
um, the men or, you know, these larger beauty conglomerates have taught us that that's not beautiful. And that's what I think everyone is trying to break down now, which is amazing. But once you're taught something and it's ingrained in your head, it takes a long time to dismantle some of that. So I think it's going to be a long way coming, but that's what's so inspirational about beauty. It's, it's always changing based on, you know, new ideas and new trends and us, I guess, unlearning some of the things that we were brainwashed to do. But I totally agree. It's, it's, we're just taught to believe that we aren't just naturally beautiful. So yeah, let your curly hair down, you know, go no makeup, don't wax your eyebrows, you know, like live out your true self because, you know, we have a lot of women have so much going on. We don't have time to do all that. But I was even talking to a friend, like going on vacation, it takes like 10 more steps for any woman to go on vacation. You got to get your nails done and your hair done and a wax and your hair and your hair colored eyebrows done. Like for what, you know? So I'm, I'm on this new trend of like that pre-vacation ritual. Like, let's just kill it. Like, let's just go on vacation. No stress. You know, you're going to relax, but it's like this, this period leading up. It's like all these things to do to look wildly different than you look in your everyday life because you're going on a trip. It's crazy. Oh, I know. Well, I feel like Alicia Keys has done a lot on the forefront. I, I believe it was, yeah. um, she went makeup free on the voice and I remember it being Amazing. such a big deal <laughs> at the time. And, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's people like that every day, just doing a little bit more to show that, you know, you can be beautiful and in your own way. Um, so I want to get back to talking about your products because they're yeah. so amazing. I got to try one of them. Um, yes, the global activating exfoliator. That's our hero skew. And honestly, the, our introductory skew for a lot of people, because as an Indian American woman, that's like something you resonate with. And for someone not so familiar with it, turmeric has become very trendy. So it's an easy product to, I think, understand and, and apply as a mask. So I'm glad you got to try it. I know. I loved it. Um, one of the things I was really taken with was the packaging. It felt yeah. very premium, very beautiful, very colorful. Can you talk to us a little bit about the inspiration behind that and how you guys have approached yeah. it? I'm glad you love it because our first version definitely wasn't that. Um, it takes time and energy and money to get there. So, um, you know, the very first version of the brand was this green plastic packaging. And that's where we sort of started with resources and capabilities. And um, even like the branding, I think our founder, Rushi, was really coming into her own self and learning to be authentic, even along this journey of bringing authenticity to the world, like herself learning that. So the first version of our brand was this green, like, I don't even know how to describe it, this like... Um, Indian dark forest screen almost. It's very iconic to the Indian culture or what she thought at the time. And, you know, then we've thought about a rebrand because it just wasn't fresh. It wasn't exciting. And India's culture is so rich. So the packaging is really to symbolize that the boldness of the blue that could be honestly unisex, which is what we're hoping to go for one day, right? Right now it's mostly focused on women, but and the bold colors, right? I know you attended an Indian wedding recently. So I, you saw, you know, all the boldness of bright oranges and pinks and, and reds and all these beautiful colors and the richness of our culture we wanted to bring out in the packaging. Um, and we're, we're a very art inspired brand. So on the boxes, we have custom illustrations for every single product um, that showcase the ingredients in a, you know, artistic way. And then our packaging internally is very minimal. So you know, what you need to see, but the blue is so bold and iconic that on a shelf, it really stands out. So the inspiration at large was to really just bring a fresh take, um, on our brand as, um, our, our team kind of understood what even being authentic meant. And it wasn't just fitting into this, like, Indian looking, um, packaging that people would, we thought resonate with more, but to really be different and do something against the grain, against the norm, um, and really shock, you know, people who are familiar with Indian culture with something that's blue and loud and audacious rather than being timid and, you know, kind of fitting the mold of what people would expect. Oh, I love that. And yeah, shout out to Jay and Perna. Um, we, we met at the yes. wedding and their, <laughs> your product was in their welcome bag, which is how I found it. And then obviously we met 
Um, but one of the things yes. that you said that, it, you know, I had never been to an Indian wedding before. And it was such so amazing to see the culture with the music and the dancing and the colors. And that's why when I saw your product, I'm like, wow, I've just experienced, you know, four days of this. And I really felt like it had been embodied in that, um, which is why it was so yes. special. That mask specifically, I mean, you attended the turmeric ceremony and that mask is an inspiration from that ceremony, right? At every wedding, you put on this glowing turmeric mixture to make the bride and groom glow from within before their big day. And it's, you know, very ceremonious and, and traditional, but it's also great for your skin. So, you know, that's where, you know, the inspiration of that product came. And I think every one of our products has a bit of that inspiration in the um, ingredients. So I don't know if you read the back of the box, but we have a little story on every single one, but how it relates back to the culture, because hopefully when we have a hundred thousand SKUs one day, right, we, we just, we want everyone to still know where it came from and trace back the heritage of why it's so special. And it's really due to the ingredients rooted in the culture. I think that's great. And you're then educating everyone who's not as familiar with it of, of why this stuff matters and why it's important important. Um, you know, one of the things too, is, you know, you're a younger brand and I know sustainability is something you think about. Um, how do you approach it as a, as an up and coming brand? How do you think about sustainability and everything you do? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, you know, we had plastic packaging to start off with, which as I'm sure many of us know, it's not the most sustainable, but when you're starting off, you know, it's really about how many, how much can you fit in the resources that you're given? So at the time that was the best way to go forward. You know, we had recyclable cardboard boxes. Um, and then as we thought about our rebrand back in 2020, during the pandemic, of course. Um, you know, I actually had a background in packaging um, somewhat. I was a packaging banker at City. And while, you know, at the very high level, that doesn't seem so relevant, you know, reading about companies and being involved in their sustainability discussions, even at the corporate level, kind of helped trickle down. So it's, it's weird how looking back, you know, like the story all makes sense. But as we're looking to rebrand, you know, glass packaging, glass is actually infinitely sustainable, you know, because you can crush it down, make it in sand and then and remake it. So um, glass is a big consideration. Also, it just elevates the brand a bit. Um, the caps we use, the sustainable plastic or, you know, so we found suppliers that could could work with us on that. And then our boxes are still um, recyclable. So while it's still not the most, most eco-friendly um, packaging for sure, we couldn't be everything to everyone all at once, right? So we had to choose strategically as the brand grew what's the right step at this moment, right? At the very beginning, it was, all right, let's get this product to market. We want really, really high quality ingredients and a vendor that uses ethically sourced um, ingredients in their products, made non-toxic and clean. And that was our focus because we wanted to provide the best in class product and still do. Um, and as you know, the brand grew, we were able to invest in this rebrand, kind of redoing all of our packaging using that glass. Um, and then now, you know, at this new phase of growth, we just raised our series A, we're thinking about how do we take that a step further, right? I know there's a lot of talk on refill refillable packaging. I know that's not always the best solution either. So the team's really focused on, you know, figuring out, all right, is it now, you know, do we move things to tubes? Is it, you know, offering some sort of incentive to recycle, whatever that looks like. I think now is the time we can focus on that because we've established the brand story, the core products. And as we grow, um, you know, the brand in entirety in this new phase of growth, sustainability is going to be a, a new, new angle to really lean in on. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you guys are approaching it. And I, I love asking this question because, you know, we have listeners that work at larger companies and what I always try to tell them is it's a journey for everyone. Like no one expects you overnight to make every single change possible. And it's impossible to do that because the science around sustainability is evolving in terms of material science and innovation. Like it's, we're never going to be stop improving. 
on it. And so I think you're just having a strategy and an approach and then communicating that to the market. I find that that's what most consumers are looking for. They're, they're looking for transparency in your plan and your strategy around sustainability more than coming to you with like a, a check mark of like, well, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, right? Because for each brand, it is a little different. 100%. And the consumers demand high quality products no matter what, right? So you can't also sometimes skimp on that in the name of sustainability. I mean, they want transparency, but you know, I read all of our inbounds and it was, oh, like this didn't work as well for me. Or like there was some, something that went wrong here due to something that we were trying out in terms of sustainability. And, um, you kind of have to think of the customer first in every journey, right? So if we can't focus the resources on a full new sustainability plan at that moment, we have to get the best in class products out and then work to, you know, work ever other angles, whether that's cutting down on truckloads and, you know, cutting down on things coming from overseas and things like that. There's always little changes we can keep making um, as we work towards a larger goal of being sustainable. Well, I love that you guys are looking at the whole value chain and not just saying it, it begins and ends with what the end of life. Oftentimes people think of sustainability is what happens when you throw it away. But to your point, there's so much more before in terms of truckloads, carbon emissions, the, the distance travel that actually has you know, uh, just as big, if not a bigger impact on the planet. And so I think it's great that you guys are looking holistically at, on that. A hundred percent. And we also, you know, if, if something goes wrong in a product, we don't actually ask the consumer to ship it back to us. You know, we're like, use what you can and then recycle properly. But even shipping that, the act of shipping back, it's just wasteful. We don't need it. You know, we're not, if it's, if it's gone bad, you know, just toss it away and recycle it. Um, but yeah, you know, every, everywhere we can think of something that's a little bit better for the planet, we're trying to. I love that. So how can people currently purchase Avrani? Yeah, so we are sold um, on our D2C online, so avrani.com, A-A-V-R-A-N-I. Um, we're also, we just launched Anthropology this summer, which is super exciting. So you can now find, find us there. Um, and the team is working to branch into more retail locations, you know, hopefully Sephora, Ulta in the future. We'll see where the where the, the, the lines take us. But um, for now, our D2C is the best place to find us. We're also on Amazon. Um, so that's another easy way to, to access the brand. Um, but hopefully you'll see us all over. I love that you're an, an as soon as you said anthropology, I said, make, I was like, make sense. I see it being yep. there. Can you talk a little bit about how that came to fruition? Cause it seems so perfect. Yeah. Um, so I worked with the market team a bit on this, but it was really, you know, their, their baby, but it's really just about getting your brand out there and making a lot of noise. And then sooner or later you find the right people who believe in the mission and the products. And it takes a long time. I think that's what people don't realize is, you know, people come to me like, Oh, like, are you going to be in Sephora soon? I was like, takes like years and years to get there. Right. So I think, um, being patient with baby brands that you want to see in those big places is, is part of it. But, um, I think this conversation has been going on for at least a year and a half of just, you know, when's the right time, what are the right products to launch with? What are the SKUs? And obviously these retailers are so busy dealing with so many other brands, big and small. Um, so it took about a year and a half to come to fruition. And then, you know, we started with an online only presence to, to test out, right. We have to test the relationship on how this works. And there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot that goes into the, even the packaging side of things, labeling things a certain way, getting into them on a certain time in a certain way, in a certain palette formation, all that jazz. Um, so it really came to fruition by making a lot of noise, getting connected with the right people and then having the patience to see it through. And, um, we're super excited to hopefully see that partnership continue to flourish. That's awesome. And, you know, I love to talk about innovation in terms of products and packaging on this, on this show. And I always yeah. challenge people to think of that in the most, in the broadest sense. Innovation is how you're getting to market, right? It's showing up at a retailer that you wouldn't necessarily associate with beauty, right? But when you said it, it made so much sense to me because I think about when I walk into an anthropology, I smell the candles, right? And I'm seeing a lot of beautiful glass and I'm seeing a lot of colors. 
And it feels, I'm like, yeah, I would expect to see your brand there, even though I wouldn't like, I don't have that frame of reference yeah, previously. Right? right. But it fits. And I think for those, again, for those listening, innovation can mean so much more than we're just going to make a new skew. It's how you're showing up to consumers and really creating that beautiful also story. So you're standing out, I would say, right. Among a, a, a shelf of a thousand other beauty brands, hopefully are blue pops, but you're competing against 10 other, maybe turmeric masks, but at Anther, right. It's such a beautifully curated store with jewelry, fashion, homeware, so many other things that it really helps your brand stand out. So we're really trying to be unique and even our marketing and retail approaches to find the right partners who understand our story first, rather than just being in places that maybe don't even make sense or, you know, detract from our, our brand. Totally. I swear every time I go to anthropology, I walk out with a new mug. Like they're, yeah, oh my gosh, time. every time. Always with my name on it, with my initial on it too. It's like always, I need how many R mugs do I need in my life? I have an L mug. They get me every time. They just know their, they know their consumers so well. Oh, that's too funny. Um, what are you most excited about when you look at the future of beauty? Wow. Um, I guess at large, I'm excited to see beauty sort of evolve from just something external to something internal. And while we're really trying to focus on that, I know larger beauty brands are trying as well, which is what's exciting because, you know, they, they, if they make noise, we all, we all get lifted up from that as well. But I think focusing on inner beauty and how something makes you feel and how you radiate confidence from that versus just, putting on something and rushing out to your, you know, to go to work and get on the subway and do your commute. There's a different approach to that. And this like rush, rush, rush mentality, even with beauty and skincare and, you know, makeup and taking care of yourself. I'm excited for that to sort of die down and for us to be intentional. Why are we doing this? What am I putting in my body? How does that make me feel? Um, And that's really what, you know, radiates confidence. It's not just, you know, popping your pimple and moving on with your day. It's all right. Why do I even have this pimple? Right. What did I eat? Or did I not sleep enough and taking care of yourself from all levels and, um, you know, having, we, we, one of our taglines is inner confidence, outer radiance. And really, I think bringing that to the forefront is, is an exciting trend. I hope to see all beauty brands get onto very I soon. I love that. I feel like I need to make that my mantra for the rest of the year. And it's so true. It's, it's what, it, what was it? Inner confidence, outer radiance. Man, isn't that, ugh. I feel like that's so, so powerful. That's so powerful. I mean, it's, it's, I, again, back to that point of it being about self-care, feeling good and then looking good. Right. And, and feeling good about who you are versus again, the, the images that maybe you've grown up with or have been um, pushed onto you. It's so God, I love what you guys are doing. I'm cheering for you. Thank you. And I'm people always say before interviews, like look good to feel good, but as you said, it's reverse. It's really feel good to look yeah. good. So I'm glad you resonate with it. And hopefully a lot more, a lot more people. Do oh, I'm well. sure. And so we're going to close out with my favorite segment, which is rapid fire. We'll, okay. So it's three questions. What is your favorite product right now? Favorite product right now. Okay. I'll be a little biased. I'll do an Avrani product than a non Avrani product so that I don't, don't be too biased, but, um, we have a water-based moisturizer launching very soon. And I'm like at the last bit of my sample jar, but I'm really excited for that product. So it's my current favorite. It's a Moringa tamarind and lychee fruit moisturizer, and it's really cooling and hydrating for the summer and non greasy because there's no oil in it. So really excited for that. I know it's hard to hard to have you try it yet because it's not out there, but very soon um, that'll be done. And then non Avrani product. Other than sunscreen, which has been my current summer, summer fave, um, I tried this French lotion currently, um, another moisturizer actually, but French lotion, I will butcher the name, but it's like a 
it's a TikTok fave that like popped up and it's this like Embroly slick cream, something, something, but it's phenomenal. Um, it comes in a tube, so sustainable and, um, it's so hydrating and smooths out your skin and makes your makeup last forever. So I'm loving that for now. So I'm getting on the French skincare game a little bit too. Oh, I love, yeah, just get, let's just incorporate all the, the best of ever, everything, right? Why let's not? Do it. Yeah, why oh my it? God. I love that so much. Um, what packaging trend are you most excited about right now? Packaging trend. Um, well, I am loving, I know it's just sort of popping up recently, but the AR packaging trend in, um, you know, like AR into like physical retail. So being able to scan something, scan a box and learn more about it and, or see your box kind of come to life. Um, I think we're at really early stages there, but I'm excited to see that come into not only beauty, but in all, all things, right. You see a package of chips and you can kind of scan it and learn more about it. Um, not like beyond just like a QR, because I think everyone's kind of over QR codes after COVID. Um, but I'm excited to see this like digital and physical world come together in the packaging space because there's so much more you can do outside of like everything you can just fit on a box. Oh, I love that. Well, it's like you said, this, imagine the story of Avrani really blown out, right? Yeah. The, the box is really tiny. There's a, probably a lot yeah. more to the story that someone could engage with in that digital world off the shelf. Yeah, my dream is to like scan something and see the entire world of Avrani like come out, come at you, right? There's so much art, so much beauty and colors and just I, I wanted to, you want you to be immersed almost. So, you know, hopefully technology meets us there, but that's my, that's my vision. I love it. I think we're closer than we all probably realize. Okay. And this is the last segment. It's called Kill Keeper Chains. We're going to pick three random products. One you have to kill or, okay. or discontinue. One you have to keep as is and one that you would change. So here we go. All right. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, okay. First one's actually a beauty product. Saint, I never pronounced this right. Saint Ives, Saint Ives, Saint Eve, Saint Ives, Saint yes, Ives scrub. apricot face scrub. I've definitely used this in the past. So that's your first one. Sunscreen is your second one, which you just talked about. Okay. Third one is toothpaste. Yeah. So, all right. Saint Ives apricot face, apricot face scrub, sunscreen, and toothpaste kill keeper change. Definitely kill the the St. Ives. I mean, that thing is full of chemicals. It's so abrasive. I would give you a Ronnie's turmeric mask any day, um, hand over fist ahead of that. So definitely discontinue, kill that one. There's so many better options on the market. Keep sunscreen. We need that. This summer has been so insanely hot. Um, I don't know if you're feeling that in California, but I was in Italy, it was burning. I was in Chicago, it was burning hot. And New York is just as sweltering hot. So need our sunscreen all over. Definitely keep that. And I just need like bigger and bigger sizes to drench myself with. And then change toothpaste. I mean, I think there's a lot to do in the dental care space. I mean, sustainability is one angle, but I there's still plastic tubes everywhere, which is no bueno. So I think there's a lot to change there. I know those like you know, bites are coming out where you can just bite it and, and brush and stuff. So I think there's a lot more to do there, but I think there's more innovation to be had um, in toothpaste, even in the ingredients they're using. There's some cleaner alternatives out there now, but um, a long way to go there. So I would definitely change um, toothpaste. I love it. Well done. Redima, thank you so much for joining us. How can people follow you and Avrani? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Instagram, um, at Redima Kapoor. I know my name will be in the, in the thing cause you can't spell it <laughs> from hearing it, but, um, and you can follow Avrani at Avrani, A-A-V-R-A-N-I. We have a lovely fun feed, hopefully to keep people engaged. And then, um, on, on our website, I'd love for, you know, people to check out Avrani.com and learn more about the story, our founder story, um, and learn more about our product. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And for those listening, if you like this episode, be sure to rate us, review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever get you get your podcast. Redima, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Laura. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. 
Beyond the Shelf is presented by Specrite, the first cloud-based platform for specification management. Say goodbye to spreadsheets, share drives, and legacy systems, and digitize your specs in a secure single source of truth. With Specrite, you can easily share and collaborate on specs with other departments and across your entire supply chain network. Taking a spec-first approach enables you to accelerate product and packaging development, go to bid faster, report on sustainability, and ultimately spend less time chasing data and more time making amazing things. To learn more, visit specrite.com. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T.com.